The Bravery Defined podcast acknowledges the traditional owners of land and water that this podcast is recorded on. You are listening to Bravery Defined, the podcast about unlocking the extraordinary spirit within us. I'm your host, Annette Yakubovic, an Australian mum of four, a born entrepreneur, business owner and mentor who's passionate about sharing stories of success. Bravery is not merely the absence of fear, but the audacious choice to confront challenges head on, to navigate uncharted territories and to stand tall in the face of adversity. It's the unwavering commitment to facing our fears, driven by a deep sense of purpose and an unyielding belief in our ability to overcome. Throughout my journey, I've had the privilege of helping thousands of NDIS participants navigate the complexities of the system. And as a business strategist and mentor, I've coached hundreds of business owners and countless employees, empowering them to create or redefine successful businesses. In this podcast, we dive deep into candid conversations with extraordinary individuals within the National Disability Insurance Scheme arena and across the broader disability community. Together, we're going to explore the journeys of perseverance, triumphs, and the transformative power of bravery. Join me on Bravery Defined as we uncover the infinite perspectives of resilience, strength, and empowerment, proving that true bravery is the key to unlocking a more inclusive and inspiring future. So, the very first episode. How incredible we're able to get this off the ground. It's definitely been on my mind for some time to start a podcast and to share some uh, amazing tales with you. Uh, definitely a little bit of peer pressure involved in uh, in getting this to happen and people uh, giving fantastic and very encouraging feedback over the last uh, 12 months of the social media videos that we've been doing uh, in our business. I will definitely be very, very vulnerable and raw and let you know I'm extremely nervous about podcasting, but super excited in the same breath. So we'll have a go, we'll have a bit of fun, and it's going to be a journey. So I'm glad that if you're listening, you're going to come on that journey with me and we'll see what we can uh, dig up. So to get started, uh, a little bit uh, about me on the first episode I guess, why the NDIS? What drew me into this space? You know, why am I doing a podcast and committing time to spruiking or sharing uh, news about the NDIS and updates and and stories and inspirational moments um, and people from this space? Well, you may not know that uh, my journey into running an NDIS business probably started around about eight years ago, eight to ten years ago. Um, I've always worked across the allied health space for many, many decades. Uh, both my parents are allied health professionals. I've got an occupational therapist and a physio as a, as a mom and dad, so uh, lucky me. Um, let's just say I'm uh, very familiar with the reception desks and um, business models in the allied health space, and, in fact, that's what I used to do for a quid. Um, still do occasionally consult in that, in that area. But have moved into the NDIS space, I guess, due to um, my own experience. 
So back in 2014, 2013, 2014, I was working for a very, very large um, company in Melbourne, uh, running a very big multinational, uh, uh, sorry, multi-million dollar business and got super burnt out and unwell and needed to take time off work and had to navigate um, the insurance system. Uh, It was just as the NDIS was rolling out. It hadn't quite rolled out in Victoria at that time. So, yeah, really interesting time to be alive. (laughs) Um, One would have thought that having all the knowledge and connections that I had in that space that I would have been A-OK and sorted pretty quickly to get back on my feet and and have whatever I needed to help me uh, navigate that time where I was uh, not very well. But I actually did not have any support, which was just the most bizarre thing now looking back on it. And I think about all the clients we work with in the NDIS space and, you know, their carers and their children and now it's just so easy. I mean, the NDIS has brought the most incredible um, ability to Australians that if they are um, deemed eligible for the NDIS, you know, once they do get through that initial paperwork stage, they do have um, just access to so many amazing supports and people that we're just very lucky to to have Um, living here in Australia. We're so lucky to have the NDIS. So back, um, you know, in 2014 when it it wasn't around, um, I had to navigate a different system and, uh, oh, look, it was exhausting and there was really nothing. I mean, the person they sent out to the house, the OT, to do an assessment um, sort of said, you know, "Do do you need some ergonomic equipment so we can get you back to work Uh, they weren't talking about any help with you know cleaning or shopping or transport or anything like that Um, yeah it was a really interesting experience so I guess fast forward um, that really strange time in my life and you know I I did get well again Um, I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome Um, it was really bad for six to eight months it it got um, better over time Um, it's a funny diagnosis that one because people do tend to go in and out of it and there's no real test Um, it's sort of they rule out a whole heap of other things first and you know if you can't uh, you don't meet the criteria of, of an, all these other conditions, you know, and, and you tick all the boxes for chronic fatigue, you know, here's the the word on the uh, on the piece of paper is, you know, this is what you've got. Anyhow, um, so when I was able to go back to work after this period of, of not working and being really quite unwell, I decided that if I was going to work, because I couldn't work in a full-time capacity, if I was going to work, then the work that I was going to do needed to be meaningful. So I really felt compelled at that stage in my life and after the experience I'd had to help other people that might have needed to navigate um, 
I guess, the paperwork and the process of, of a new diagnosis or suddenly being unwell or suddenly being, um, you know, disabled or having um, acquired a disability through, you know, an accident or something. And, and it was just at that point in time that uh, the NDIS had started rolling out. So there were definitely jobs being advertised uh, for what was known as a local area coordinator. And local area coordinators at the time were um, not what they are now, let's just say. And anyone who knows the space and knows what a, a LAC or an LAC is, uh, you're probably having a little giggle in the back of your mind. <laughs> so I was definitely not the first LAC back if you want to call it that um we I was I was probably the second or third intake and look certainly when I went for the interview um I can definitely remember the interview it was quite hilarious um they looked at my resume and said you are far too overqualified for this role why on earth would you want to do this and like I really was driven to help people. I think um, wanting to help people and really wanting to help, um, I guess, help them understand the lingo, help them understand where to go, um, where to get help, what different ways they could approach problems. I really wanted to learn everything I could about the NDIS so that I could um, help people navigate it and I could become a for want of a better word, NDIS Encyclopedia, which is, you know, what ended up happening and, and why I'm still here. But it was quite funny because I said, you know, this is all I want to do, so just give me the job. Um, and they gave me the job and I, you know, I started the job and I think I was working three days a week, one, one week and four days a week the next, so seven days a fortnight. And I just loved it and the families that I met, um, it was just awesome. Like it was just everything um, for me. And it was really, it gave me a purpose again after not working for so long. And it, it really um, made my heart sing. So, you know, the secret to living is giving the good old Tony Robbins saying, um, like it, it's super true. And I think um, part of it helped me heal and helped me um, get my confidence back after a period of not working. And we'd recently moved at the same time. We moved out of town into, you know, more fresher air. And, you know, I was eating organically and I was doing all the right things to look after myself too. So I had this, this great job with these other incredible human beings, you know, helping people and then looking after myself um, on the on the outside of the, the job and um, enjoying family time and all those other things that you have to get right um, to heal. But, yeah, look, it definitely was an incredible time in my life and I really loved it um, until, <laughs> until, until the job, uh, the people in the job, um, decided that the area I was working in or the, the location I was working at, um, they weren't going to renew the lease and they were going to shut that office. So that uh, threw a spanner in the works for me and I made a decision and I, I, I sort of went, you know what, 
I feel good. Like I actually feel like I can do this after a couple of years. I really know this space. I really love working with these people. I'm seeing fantastic outcomes. I think maybe I could run a business out here and help people because where I was working in Hillsville, you know, they people didn't want to go into Chernside Park or, or Ringwood. Um, they didn't want to go out of their own little um, town to to get help. And if the office was shut down, the local area coordination office was shut down, there really was a thin market at the time. It was sort of 2018 by then, 2019 perhaps, and they wouldn't have had anywhere to go as in to just drop in and have a chat and get help with things. So I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, am I going to put this on myself to actually start a business and help people in this space? You know, do I need to do that? How stressful is it going to be? Will I be all right health-wise? Like what's going to actually happen here? Then I guess I sat on it for a little while and then when the news was that they definitely were closing the office down, they weren't going to renew the lease, there wasn't going to be any services there, I'd have to move to working full-time at one of the other or part-time at one of the other locations, I just went, you know what, this is it, I'm doing it. So then um, that's it, life changed. I had a uh, NDIS business, like fast forward six months after, you know, doing some paperwork and setting everything up and, and getting a registration to become an, a registered NDIS provider. I had really no idea what I was about to get myself in for. Um, so I... It, it's 2019, end of 2019, so anyone who was alive in 2019 knows exactly what happened at the end of 2019. Um, there was a pandemic that started just at the end of 2019 and into the beginning of 2020. So I started the business just at the beginning of the pandemic, which made things very interesting. But... It was an incredible journey and, I mean, I'm still here. We've still got that business um, and so many things have happened since then. I had such small goals when I opened the business. It was to help five people a month. <laughs> so I thought if I can help five people a month, I'll feel like I'm doing a great job and, you know, That'll, you know, pay the bills and everything will be fine. I mean, that just exploded. Um, like it imploded. Um, our the spare room in our house became basically filing cabinet on top of filing cabinet on top of desk, uh, multiple screens, you know, essentially until we couldn't work from home, people were coming and working from home with me because it just went insane. Um, and I think anyone that opened an NDIS provider business or service provider became a service provider at that time in outer eastern Melbourne in Victoria knows that is what happened. It was insanely busy. Um, there was such a thin market. People hadn't had uh, quality providers or they'd had very limited quality providers that had lengthy wait lists and people were just so excited to have another option on the table and especially someone that 
cared and wanted a good outcome. Um, you know, we were also doing pro bono support at that time and helping people with access to the NDIS. So there was a, a hell of a lot going on. Um, so, you know, I was just in it. And we fast forward to, you know, four years later, um, January 2024, and I'm not working in the business every day as much as I, I was. You know, it's a different business now and we've sort of um, modified the different supports that we provide and we've we've honed in on the ones we're really good at and we've, you know, moved away from the ones that didn't work so well. And now I get to have fun with podcasts and with social media interviews and all these other things. And I, I guess, um, yeah, it's just nice to share the journey so that people understand. And, you know, a lot of the listeners might have heard my journey before because they may have worked with me closely and know um, you know, my drive and my passion and, and why I'm doing this because I, I didn't want any other family or any other individual to go through what I went through and so many tears and so much frustration and, you know, so many thoughts of, oh, when will this ever end? When will I ever get help? You know, will things get better? What will tomorrow look like? Um, it doesn't have to be that way anymore. And I have so much acquired knowledge about not only the NDIS and the ins and outs of how it works um, and the language and the lingo that they speak, but also how the allied health space works. Um, so it, I kind of felt like I, I had to share that with people and I had to pass that on. And it brings me such joy to see the changes that people have experienced um, in the short period of time that they've, they've been with our business or they've been on the NDIS supported by, by other companies and what it's enabled, not only the individual who's receiving the, the funding to do, but the freedom and the security and the um, hand-holding that it has given to the, the parents or the carers, um, you know, and the families of that individual um, you know, I had this beautiful story the other day about a support worker who um, was employed by us and she was working with this family and they were children and as she left the, um, the home that day, um, a next-door neighbour um, came up to her, the next-door neighbour of the family, and, and said, you know, um, thank God for you, like, you don't understand what a difference you have made to this family. Um, you know, we've lived next door to this family for a long time and we never used to see the children come outside. And, you know, now that they've got some help um, and an extra set of hands and we're, you know, able to see that they're growing and developing and, you know, really becoming these beautiful kids that I guess they just needed that extra little bit of help um, because we all know that there's a lot of kids with developmental concerns and developmental delays who need to access the early intervention supports that, um, you know, they're entitled to, act, to get access to. And, and that's all part of the NDIS, but I guess it's these really small things that people forget about. It's 
not just about the day-to-day helping of tasks that people can't do. It's actually that the adding of an extra person or an extra service into that um, family or individual's um, circle and into their, um, you know, their, their circle of trust and, and yeah, it's just I don't sometimes have words for what I experience. But the NDIS gets a really, really bad rap a lot of the time um, because, unfortunately, being a government scheme, there is, you know, there's fraud. There's definitely fraud happens. There's definitely people who don't care who it is money grabbing. Those things happen. They, they do happen. But there is so many beautiful, incredible stories that people don't see and they really touch your heart and they remind you why you do what you do. So I guess my goal uh, with this podcast is to share those stories, like share the stories of hope and inspiration and hope that we can aspire to be like these incredible human beings. Um, I have been so lucky in my life to have crossed paths with some very, very amazing people who I'm still in contact with and am definitely inviting to be guests on this podcast and you will hear their stories and I'm getting goosebumps you can't see them because it's a podcast but I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about the different people and their stories and what they have gone through to get to the point that they have and just how incredible it is um, what they have managed to achieve Um, So very much looking forward to sharing all those incredible stories and you'll have to stay tuned until next week to see who our very first guest is. Um, But I will say that I have um, actually known her for more than 30 years and she's always been incredible. Um, And when I did actually first meet her and for a very long time, I had absolutely no idea. Uh, that she had a disability. So she is um, now still um, flying the flag very proudly. Um, and yeah, you'll have to wait till next week to find out who that who that special guest might be. But uh, I thank you very much for listening to the very first introduction of the podcast. Uh, it's a podcast about extraordinary tales. Of course, we'll cover NDIS uh, trending updates and share some amazing life-changing moments. As we conclude today's episode of Bravery Defined, I want to extend a heartfelt thank you for joining us on this meaningful exploration of courage and resilience. Whether you're facing uncharted territories or navigating familiar roads, Remember that your journey is uniquely yours and your bravery is your guiding light. Whatever road you choose to take, please travel safe and know that you're not alone. Join us again next week as we continue this journey, sharing more inspiring stories within the NDIS and broader disability community. If you have stories or topics close to your heart that you'd like us to share, please reach out. Our contact details are in the show notes. I'm Annette Yakubovich, your host, and I can't wait to embark on another adventure with you on Bravery Defined. Until then, stay brave, stay inspired, and we'll see you next week.